I declare open the 11th Paralympic Summer Games, Sydney 2000. In 1960, a spark ignited on the global stage, giving birth to the Paralympic Games. From the streets of Rome to the sprawling arenas of Sydney, the Paralympics have become a beacon of resilience, courage, and triumph. Athletes transcending limitations have shattered stereotypes and rewritten the narrative of what it means to compete. Throughout decades of dedication and passion, the Paralympic flame burns brighter than ever, illuminating a world where ability knows no bounds. Join us and our guests as we explore disability through the lens of sport to learn more about this celebration of diversity, inclusion, and the spirit that defines the Paralympic Games. Hello and welcome to Human Spectrums, a podcast series produced for CMRU.ca and the Community Podcast Initiative at MRU. The Community Podcast Initiative is powered by Shaw. I'm your host, Kevin Thorne. This podcast is produced by the students in the Broadcast Media Studies programs at Mount Royal University. Mount Royal University sits on Treaty 7 territories, home to generations of knowledge, culture, and stories. We acknowledge the hereditary keepers of these lands, the Nitsitapi, Iahe Nakoda, Sutina, and Métis people. We also recognize the historical and ongoing oppression that many Indigenous cultures and nations face. We seek to decolonize storytelling by including voices and knowledge too often overlooked in the media. Human Spectrums explores how humans are on a spectrum of diverse races, orientations, and stories to tell. This seven-part series explores these stories and celebrates the diversity of our society. This episode of Human Spectrums, we dive into the topic of people with disabilities, more specifically the inclusion of disabled peoples in sports. Today we talk with Canadian Paralympian Mikhail Bartaldi. Let's get into it. Paralympic movement embodies the abilities of human beings. Would you mind telling me when your interest in sports began, how that came about? Well, you know, I mean, that starts really from birth, I'll be honest. I mean, um, first of all, I was born um, missing the tibia on my lower left leg and some ankle bones. So they amputated my leg when I was a year old. So I've had it pretty much my whole life um, that I've been an amputee. And, uh, you know, my mom likes to say that the first word I ever said was ball. Not mom, not dad, ball. And uh, from as young as I can remember, I, uh, I've always just been enamored with sports and, and play. And, um, and I've always been very competitive. You know, I was definitely the kid that, you know, you play Uno and you don't win when you're real little and just go into full full tears and, and crying at moments. And it's been an interesting adventure through my lifetime, understanding, you know, uh, learning to, to lose and being okay with it, um, while also understanding that that competitive drive that's kind of always sat within me um, is also what enabled me to reach the highest levels of, of sport. Where did that competitive spirit come from? Did you have siblings uh, that you competed with or where did that spirit come from? That's a beautiful question. Um, and it's kind of a two-tiered answer, to be honest. Um, the first part being that, you know, when you have a disability like this, you realize quickly as a child that you will never be the same as everyone else. 
I knew that I would never look the same as anyone else. I knew that um, even at a young age, I would always be looked at as being disabled or handicapped. Um, and to this day, I still would never say that I'm handicapped just because I, you know, I have an artificial leg. Um, so there is definitely an intrinsic drive that has existed since I was very young to kind of prove myself to the world in that uh, to show what I was capable of. Um, and in my in my story, as you had mentioned, you know, a lot of people have family members or things that really like supported them. And I had a wonderful family in that regard. My mom was the one that drove me to all my different events and sports and things and um, very big support for me in that. But if I had to pick one person, it's uh, my best friend at the time as a child. His name was Jason and he was the best athlete in our school. And it just worked out that uh, when we met, we kind of hit it off and became, you know, best friends. And he was the one that never let me um, accept kind of just being okay. It was, we'd spent long hours, you know, into the night playing all manner of sports at the time, volleyball, basketball, soccer, um, even just running and playing and being kids. He, um, it was it was beautiful to have a friend like that, that was uh, so gifted and talented himself and always pushed me to be better. And, and to, to know that, never accept that it was just enough, uh, that I was just enough or anything less than um, because of my leg. And uh, I'm greatly appreciative of that. And I'm still aware of that here all these years later. Could you tell me about um, when your professional career got started and how that came about? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was uh, 17 at the time and I was playing volleyball from a high school. I, uh, I grew up here in Calgary and I went to... To elementary in Red Deer Lake School, you know, just outside the city, and then uh, I went to high school in Okotoks. And at the time, I was playing uh, volleyball uh, there at uh, the Fiddles Composite in Okotoks. And I was fortunate enough to go to a tournament, and a coach, I believe it was from State, saw me playing, and uh, he approached me after uh, one of my matches and uh, gave me the contact information to the national team program. He was. Um, friends with the coach, his name's Calvin Aubin, and actually he's been here at Mount Royal for, I don't know if he's still here, but he was definitely here for a better part of two decades. Yeah. And uh, he was at the time uh, the head coach for the national team program or on the Paralympic side. And uh, through that fortunate uh, meeting, you know, I contacted him. He invited me to come out to a training camp that they just happened to be having the next month. And, uh, and I went, attended. Uh, obviously did well enough in that kind of testing uh, environment, uh, enough that I was invited back here at uh, following training camps. And then to be honest, it was a short, uh, pretty much four months later, um, three or four months later, I was named to the national team program as the last athlete to go to Sydney for the Paralympics in 2000. At the time, I just turned 18. And um, yeah, it, to be honest, it was a huge jump, obviously. You go from playing high school volleyball to now you're going to be knowing that you're headed to the biggest stage in the world uh, within about a year's time. Uh, it, was, it was fantastic, but uh, it was a huge leap. What was it like making that leap from high school sports to being all of a sudden um, on the big stage? Yeah, it's interesting that way, right? When you look at sport, um, and, and it doesn't matter whether it's able-bodied sport or Paralympics like we're talking about, um, quite often there's there's kind of a, um, a series of events that gets you up to your opportunity, right? Um, it's not often that you get to go from kind of 
playing your own, uh, being in, in your own age group to now jumping and playing with men uh, or competing against men. And, and, you know, and that was really the, the case for myself where um, when you're asking, you know, what is it like? I mean, the, the level of skill, ability, the strength, the speed, everything ramps up, ramps up you know, quite a bit um, overnight. So you all of a sudden are going from playing against your peers to, to men that also not only from a physical standpoint, but just a pure game knowledge standpoint have been playing the sport for an extra you know, seven, eight, nine, something, 10 years more than you have. So the knowledge base that's there. So you quickly um, have to establish yourself as, you know, someone that's willing to, to step into that and, and not be afraid to, to, to even when you're going to get knocked down or things aren't going that well, you know, for myself, that's where I took the, um, the drive to, to be better. And I, and I appreciated that, that push from, from those athletes around me and, you know, to be honest, there's still some of those people who are maybe seven, eight years older than me at that time. I still am in contact with them. I was talking with one of the athletes here on the way um, to the podcast here, and he's been a mentor for my whole life. And um, he took me under his wing, and I'm so grateful for that. And I think that's an important piece that um, when young players, whether you're on the Paralympic side or the able-bodied side, um, really finding people that are willing to to kind of help you guide help guide you along so that you're not just kind of alone in that experience so what i'm hearing you say is that in your experience um relationships are integral like super important absolutely it's uh i think it's underrated i think a lot of people don't think about it you know we we plaster athletes on the on the billboards and across you know everywhere like look at this this amazing athlete and often we forget about or the unsung heroes, you know, the parents that drove you to all the things, to the friends that helped push you, to the teammates that um, surround you. You know, I was thinking about it as, as I was driving here today, to be honest, that, um, you know, so many of these teammates have become family because we have spent so much time together. Um, they're brothers to me and we have been through good and we have been through absolute struggles. Um, from, you know, physical sense to emotional sense and, and everything in between. You know, we, I've been very successful at times and then um, I've experienced a lot of loss too. And um, I think it's an important message that goes into the everyday world as well. Like realize that none of us are alone and none of us can do it alone. You know, that we all have um, our social network around us, our friends, our family, um, that help us and support us and being willing to also go to them when you are struggling. When, you know, I've experienced it as an athlete many times, especially as a young athlete, where I want to be at that higher level, where I want to be the starting player and I'm just skill-wise not there yet. And being able to go to some of these mentors and, and you know, take that knowledge from them. I think that's an important piece to, to add into this is um, it can take time. It takes time and it takes effort. And um, you know, I don't believe so much in the word of, you know, failure. When you're, when you're not successful in, in reaching whatever the goal is, whether it's to, uh, to win a, an Olympic medal or um, just to win a match, um, it's, a, it's a learning lesson. And so being willing and, and open enough to look at what am I meant to learn through that experience, um, as well as taking knowledge and information from those mentors uh, around us to, to learn for the next match, how, to, how do I improve? It's probably difficult to pick just one, but could you share with me um, one of your proudest memories in your career? I'll share two. I know you asked for one. Um, 
the one experience and it's not i mean it's sport related but it's not sport related um that is forever stuck in my mind is the when i walked into the stadium in sydney for the opening ceremonies you know you don't get to see it on tv but the athletes are underneath underground pretty much in these dark tunnels for hours and you can't really see anything you're kind of crammed together and um, you're just kind of standing there waiting and then that moment when they call you out and you're moving forward and then all of a sudden you go from this dark tunnel to seeing this bright opening and you hear your country called um, and you walk out and the lights are just flashing cameras you hear Canada announced and music it's the most incredible experience of my life like to walk from that almost silent kind of space and you have that bit of that bit of nervousness to you walking out and there's 110,000 people in a stadium cheering for you is absolutely incredible and I will never forget that moment um, now to turn it from like a sport actual sport moment um, I'm very blessed and honored to say that we won world championships here on home soil in 2006 um, in Regina and that was absolutely incredible to be able to win world championships to know that you are the best team in the world on your home soil while your family are watching friends are watching and your country is cheering you on is incredible and it's not something i think a lot of people get the opportunity to do so i'm very grateful for that and it was just such a magical experience what do you see as the differences between uh an olympic athlete and a paralympic athlete um are there significant differences and what's your take on that? Uh, I mean, the reality for um, disabled sport, Paralympic sport, is that um, very few athletes are just training full, full time. And, and that's not to say there are certain sports where they are and, and, and are doing so. Um, to be a carded athlete with Team Sport Canada, um, you know, they're making like $2,500 a month now. The the cost, you know, or the the carding amount between able-bodied and disabled is not that different, but there are a lot of other factors that go into that in regards to sponsorship and um, housing and all these different other factors that go in. So, at least in the experience that I have, and I can't speak for everyone, um, is very much having to to mind a professional career on one side, you know, working part time and doing all those things to to make sure that you're making enough financially alongside. Um, you know, your full commitment to sport and, and navigating that um, and being able to kind of bring and meld those two spaces together. Um, it's it's a, a big ask, I think, for, for a lot of people. And now that being said, you know, I'm also not, I can't sit here and just say like, you know, Sport Canada should just give more money. Um, I don't think that's the answer either. Um, it's a it's kind of to each individual to, to kind of navigate in, in what their priorities are and, and what, they, what they're hoping to accomplish. You know, and this goes across both from disabled sport, you know, gender, all of these different aspects. Unfortunately, a lot of our sporting world is, is so financially focused. You know, like, do we have a lot of viewers? Here's a lot of money. Um, and to be honest, I think it's an interesting thing to, to really look at that when I started playing sport, the thought of money did not cross my mind at all, and to this day, still not. I love the sport because I love the sport. I love to compete. Um, 
and and only for that reason. And now I've made um, money as a national team athlete for the better part of two decades almost now. Um, but that has never been a, a driver for me. And it's interesting because you think about pretty much anything we're doing in our world today, whether it is sport or you're creating something art or even a podcast, for example, um, the question always is, oh, can you make, how can you monetize that? How can we make money from that? Um, instead of just creating for the sake of creating, whether it's art or a podcast or playing sport. And I feel like there's a, there's a bit of um, a spiritual side to it that's kind of lost in our world today when we just look and focus at sport. Um, we celebrate greatness, of course, but that money aspect always comes into it. And I mean, really, from my side, when you really look at, um, especially on Paralympic side, persons with disabilities that, you know, often come from incredibly challenging positions and situations, um, just navigating life, you know, I'm looking out the window and there's just piles of snow outside. You know, you imagine trying to go through that snow in a wheelchair or something, it's not impossible. Mm -hmm. I'm fortunate that I'm, I'm disabled, but with my amputation, I've always been quite able like to, to walk around and do all these different things. There are many, many people out there who can't. And so uh, just the acknowledgement for what these individuals are capable of on the daily life, not to mention what they're capable of on the sporting world or side of it, it's absolutely incredible. And I think that's um, you know one thing to, if I could offer that out to people, I just really see the incredible talent and determination that exists out there for for athletes of all not just disabilities but all athletes i am so grateful for sport you know sport um, has absolutely changed my life i am so blessed because of it um, i have been to 45 countries in my life and i have met so many incredible people um, incredible opportunities and i mean it's completely shaped who I am as an individual, right? From um, responsibility, accountability, determination, um, purpose, meaning, um, not to mention confidence, even just in who I am. You know, I mentioned earlier about, you know, finding that self-worth through competition um, to show kind of to the world that, you know, while I have a disability, I'm not handicapped. And, uh, and now here I sit in my older years and uh, I have such um, self-worth and self-love and self-respect, uh, not because of all of those accolades, and I have many, um, but just coming to the understanding that uh, I am enough just as I am. And I think that's a place that all people want to get to. And I know it's not just people with, um, with a disability, but all of us are trying to find you know, our space in the world to, to be heard, to be seen, um, and being that authentic self. And uh, I would have to say that sport helped me get there. And I have um, only incredible memories, even the losses, even the, the struggles, the challenges. Um, all of those are, are beautiful memories and, and opportunities that wouldn't have existed for me if I didn't have sport. So I am so grateful for um, coaches. You know, I think of uh, there's a gentleman named Jack Molyneux. He was the first coach I ever had for volleyball, um, you know, when I was in elementary school and all of the coaches along the way and all of the people that supported me along the way. And, um, you know, as I sit here in this moment speaking, you know, you think back in your life, not just for myself, but anyone listening right now, think about all the people that have helped you get to where you are in this moment of your time in your life 
and not to mention all the people that are going to keep helping you. It's, uh, it's a wonderful thought to really realize how many people have impacted you. And now for myself as well, I know I have impacted many as well. And also I'm grateful to, for the opportunity to come here and share a bit of my story. The last thing, like if I have one motto, it's embrace discomfort. It's only when you are uncomfortable um, that we're learning and growing. When you're in a place of comfort and everything is just going smoothly and hunky-dory and you're just in that kind of state, it's those opportunities where you become uncomfortable or we're challenged where you have to overcome some kind of new issue that's occurred in life, something that's, um, you know, maybe knocked you down a little bit. It's when you're feeling uncomfortable um, that you learn and you grow and you have the opportunity to better yourself. And I think that's probably the biggest lesson I could take from sport and offer to anyone that's listening is that, you know, being an athlete, you're constantly facing discomfort and challenge and you're constantly pushing against it and overcoming it. And it's the same message for life. And when and life is uncomfortable for so many of us, learn to embrace that. Don't run from it. Don't shy from it. Learn to embrace it. Welcome it, because that's when you're learning and growing. I think that is as good a note as any to end this on. Beautiful. Thank, thank you so much for joining us and and your patience and openness. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Human Spectrums. This podcast series is produced by the students of MRU's Broadcast Media Studies program. This episode was put together by Corson Turner, Emma Payne, Josh Bruja, Kevin Thorne, Matt Grocock, and Will Brennan. Our series production team is Taylor Boisvert, Aiden Bragg, Will Brennan, Marcus Hollingsworth, Aldi Loshi, Christian Savard, and Kaylee Stobart. Human Spectrums is a production of CMRU.ca and the Community Podcast Initiative at MRU. The Community Podcast Initiative is powered by Shaw. I'm Kevin Thorne, and thank you for listening. <laughs>